Welcome to the third wheel minus a wheel. We're a bicycle. We're a bicycle. I was going to say like a wheelbarrow getting repaired. A wheelbarrow only has one wheel. Oh, God. Should we start over? (laughs) No. No, I think I'm keeping this. No. I feel really attacked already. Well, get used to it. Okay, um, there's only two of us because Bion is at work and it's been a bit since we recorded a for real episode. Yeah, we were going to record a for real episode tonight, but then Bion had to work on an emergency basis. Yeah. And we don't want the feed to be totally dead, so. No, because we're not, like, not recording this show. It's just been, you know. We had some personal stuff came up, and we thought we needed a while longer to take a break, and then we didn't, so we weren't ready, and then this came up. Yeah. Essentially, we were going to take a week break between books, and then something came up that made me think I had to move across the country by the end of the month. Uh, That isn't so much happening anymore, but that put a damper on me recording, and I think for you guys, some other stuff happened as well. Yeah, it's just been a busy few weeks. Uh, yeah. But but, but not like, so busy that we can't sit down and talk for a little bit about Wheel of Time, the podcast, and fantasy in general. So we just wanted to put something out to show that we're still in this. Still breathing. Yeah, we haven't been resigned to... I don't know what a good reference would be for the Wheel of Time. Uh, we're not so far gone that if you picked up Kalandor, you couldn't revive us with the power. Spoilers. <laughs> not for you. Who gets revived by Kalandor? Also, Nobody does. Ta- we're also going to be talking about this. We're going to be talking about my level of spoilers and how far I've read. So that's something that we're going to be talking about. Rand specifically does not revive anyone with Kalandor. Yeah, he shoves it into the stone, and he's like, I'm coming back for this later. No one touch it. He tries to bring that little girl back to life. Uh... Oh my god, this is like the most important piece of character development so far. (laughs) Okay, I'm only like 500 pages into Shadow Rising. It's in like the first 50 pages. What? Oh, during the attack. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't remember that at all. That's okay. I will say, for me, like, that was one of the moments that stuck with me throughout the whole thing. Okay, maybe maybe I should go back and reread it. Maybe. Yeah, so, essentially, we just wanted to have a bit of a talk today. The first thing that we're going to talk about is a bit of our background with fantasy, what we want from our fantasy, and then we're going to focus in a little bit on the Wheel of Time how far I am, how much has been spoiled for me, if Tyler can speak to how much has been spoiled for Bion, and I think Tyler's also been going by the audiobook, so I might want to ask him a few questions about that. Yeah, so let's start off with the background. I'll start, because I can speak a bit to Bion's background as well. Um, Cool. They have almost none. I mean, Harry Potter, stuff like the uh, Bartimaeus trilogy, Um, Golden Compass, I think, is pretty much the sum total of the fantasy that Bion has read, like, in their entire life. I mean, depending on how 
general you want to get with the definition. Um, you could count some, like, anime and manga as fantasy, but that's not traditional, like, you know, sword, sorcery, dragons, high yeah, and fantasy I'm thinking about, like, stuff. novels. I feel like fantasy novels feel distinct from fantasy and other mediums, which is something probably worth discussing some other time, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't even know that they have read, like, Lord of the Rings. I know they've seen the movies, but... I, I honest, haven't read Lord of the Rings. I tried and <laughs> went to sleep. Um, so, I mean, hashtag fake fan, but... So, Beyond is coming at this, like, totally... I, I feel like it's almost good, because knowing Beyond, it would be a detriment if this was, like, the type of thing that they read all the time. Mm-hmm. What's what's more your background like? So fantasy is pretty much the only thing that I've ever read for fun. Mm-hmm. No other genre has really warranted my attention in my own free time. So I read a ton of YA fantasy through <laughs> my YA years. How does sci-fi fall into this? Uh, every now and then, but I didn't really seek it out the same way that I s- suck, s- sought, seeked, sought, 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 please. <laughs> but I uh, sought out fantasy books, and recently I had a bit of a resurgence with fantasy books. I uh, got back on Audible, and oh man, let me actually look. I want to see how many books I churned through on Audible before I lost Steam. So I listened to about 15 fantasy novels over the course of like five months. Christ. So I was really getting back into it. Um, How many of those were not Sanderson? None of them were Sanderson, as a matter of fact. Oh my god. <laughs> um, Sanderson has stayed strong with me, even when I wasn't reading very much. You're really not building your brand very well. I thought I knew you. What is my brand that I'm a Brandon Sanderson shill? I feel like if I say yes... Then you'd be right. Then I'd be um, right! Exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so I've recently been getting more into it, and honestly... Most of the reason I got into the Wheel of Time is because there's the show coming out pretty soon, and I didn't want to be one of those hashtag fake fans. It sounds like you already are. So I started reading a few months ago, which inspired Tyler to reread. Yeah, I had already been thinking about doing a reread for a long time, because um, my father has done a reread, and he uh, tried to get me to do it. Uh, but it just never seemed like the right time until now. It is the right time, and in some ways, it's like reading it all over again for the first time. Oh, I was gonna until you said for the first time, I was gonna say it is. <laughs> it like is re- like reading, yeah. reading it all over again. That is, in fact, what I'm doing. And I think with our background with fantasy slash science fiction, this might be finally the appropriate time for us to plug Wildwell. Yes. Yeah, so I read, let me circle around to it, because I don't know how you finally were convinced to read it. I know I tried with you, but my background kind of leads into that. Yeah, I kind of would want to talk about it with 
one of the other things I want to talk about with our background with fantasy is sort of what we want when we read fantasy. And I think uh, our reading of works by the web novelist Wildbow will have something to do with it. Yeah. So for me, like ever since I was young, I pretty much just read fantasy. I would read sci-fi here and there, like you said, if it was presented to me. Uh, but fantasy was kind of my main entrance point. And then when I was, gosh, I don't even remember how old, uh, somewhere between like eight and ten, my father handed me this book called The Eye of the World. And he was like, hey, you should read this because he was so far ahead by then. And gosh, I read that first book and it was just so boring, but <laughs> I continued and I passed him. I took a break in between um, like 11 and 14. Like from when book 11 came out, I just didn't read anymore until it was all done. I have probably read the start of Embers Falling on Dry Grass 10 to 15 times. I literally have no idea what that is. It's the prologue chapter to book 11. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I see. It's burned into my memory because I've read it 10 to 15 times. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I I read mostly young adult stuff. Um, a lot of it was on the edgier side. Uh, some Brent Weeks. Your debtors, kid. Your debtors, kiddo. Um <laughs> Which, by the way, my father ended up reading on my recommendation, but he started with book three, and so now can't go back. What and a so, man. I know. Uh, well, You we should have your dad guest star sometime. Oh, God. So, point being, I was just graduated high school, and the book, web serial, whatever, um, Worm, had just finished. And I had a friend send me in a text and he was like, hey, uh, read this. You're going to want to like open it and do that. And I saw it was called Worm and it was young adult. And I was like, wow, this sounds like trash. But I started reading it and now I'm the biggest shill in the world. Yeah, maybe I'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. Because yeah. it's pretty much worth reading for anyone who likes superheroes and good fiction in general. Uh, to steal from uh, We've Got Worm, it's superhero. It's like the mask of superhero over the true identity that is sci-fi. Yeah. It's... And I think that sort of segues into what we want when we're reading these long-form fantasy science fiction series. Because I had a bit of a realization with what these epic length stories can do that others can't. And there's this thing that will happen where in these huge stories, the authors will set something up that for something that's going to be happening later. But then they just keep setting it up for 3,000 pages. Mm-hmm. And then when it finally happens, then it could either just be a total letdown, or it can be a yes, oh my god, yes moment. Yeah, uh, and, it, please, go. Yeah, and I think that relies upon A, being somewhat divergent from our expectations based on 
the setup, but also being resonant with the themes and the characters in a way that we weren't expecting. And I think those yes, oh my god, yes moments are the whole point. Yeah, I think the one regret I have with not starting the audiobook earlier is that I didn't get to hear the line read at the end of, to use a Wheel of Time example, uh, at the end of book three, when Rand declares himself as the Dragon Reborn. Like, I don't know if that's, that's probably not the example that you were talking about, but to me, that's like a great one of, you know, the whole first three books are leading up to this point, but also like all of book three is just like Rand is losing his mind in the background and you're getting glimpses of it as time goes on. Very and, brief glimpses. Yeah, and like, oh, there was this weird guy over here, or like, hey, what's that shadow moving? Um, but, like, everybody slowly coalesces in tier until everybody is in the same building, um, and a bunch of people are in the same room. And you just get this payoff of Rand grabs the sword and says it, and it's this huge moment. Yeah, that's... That's obviously one of the better uh, like things that these massive series can do is they have time to build stuff up, lay the crumb trail for you to like get yourself ready for this one moment that's going to happen. Something else that you were talking about with the Dragon Reborn, talking about how sort of the structure of the book is about the whole cast coming back together and regrouping in tier. Yeah. That's also something that I love in fantasy books when characters that haven't seen each other in thousands of pages or who have never never met but you've known both of them for thousands of pages in distinct contexts finally meet. Those are some of my favorite things in these long-form fantasy series. Yeah, absolutely. The main point of comparison that I'm trying not to like reference over and over is worm um just because that's this is the time to do it so th- i guess this is the time to do it um i mean that's the story that i'm trying not to compare and contrast uh but that's the story that like is most burned into my mind as like a work of uh fictional literature that i'm pretty familiar with the structure and story of i mean in that book you get you get stuff built up over the course of multiple arcs. Um, I think it's in like arc three that somebody says the word Endbringers. And then at the end of seven is like the sirens for an Endbringer. And then obviously eight happens. Yeah. In that one, there's no like characters that haven't met. But in Wheel of Time, uh, I mean, obviously because he goes back to the same like point of view characters over and over. Sometimes you'll get a one-off, but generally you can say pretty solidly that anybody in either the main cast of however many, like seven or eight, and then all of the adjacent characters of another, you know, 20 plus, you know, you're going to go back to them a few times. And so there's build up for stuff that just like pays off or you don't see these characters for, like you said, however many pages. Um, I don't know how far you are in book four, but there's a great thing with um with a character you meet in book one who comes back and it's this moment of like okay yeah that that makes perfect sense for why that would happen to that character and it all just comes together i think that sort of segues into 
the other well, things that you were hoping to talk oh is there more that you were hoping to say about fantasy i yeah i just had one last thing which was um the other thing that i look for is obviously like a realized um world uh and world in the sense that like not in the sense of the geography and the politics but in the idea that like you could write you could write a D source book about this setting including like magic and history and the way everything functions um when you look at something like the wheel of time you know the entire world has this history that um, jordan has crafted it has this in-depth magic system uh, if you look at something like uh, the mistborn trilogy by your boy uh, you know <laughs> my obviously, boy brandor sandor <laughs> yeah uh, obviously the magic system is really well realized Anytime that Wildbow posts about Worm, you know, he clearly, I don't know if he has like a document or if he just makes it up as he's typing the comment, uh, but he clearly like knows every single thing about that world, every interaction of every little thing. Like that's a lot of what I look for. And I know Bion isn't here, but that's a huge part of what they look for because they're obviously more into the fan fiction side of stuff. And so that's one of the things that they told me. Uh, off air is like a main thing that they're getting out of this series so far is just like how well realized and put together and thought out everything is and so that's a lot of what they look for is like potential yeah, yeah that's one thing that you can't really fault robert jordan on no he's put in the thought and he's put in the work yeah insert quote about Every story needs 200 years of backstory before you can tell it. Yeah, essentially. So one of the last things that we wanted to talk about more specifically to Wheel of Time is the degree to which I have gotten spoilers for the series and Mm -hmm. also how far I've actually read myself. So right now I'm around 500 pages into The Shadow Rising. Perrin is back in the two rivers nice. and i think what's just happened is he's met lord luke and doesn't like him and i think he's the slayer but i honestly don't know but because the internet is the internet and i can't help myself i've had a lot of things spoiled for me but mostly through memes yes um if you go to the subreddit wetlander humor you will find a lot of funny memes that are funny even if you don't have context and they're spoiling things for you. Yeah. So this is going to be a spoiler-heavy section. So, Bion, if you're listening to this, you might want to turn it off. Um, Do you think Bion wanna... listens to our podcast? I don't know. You tell me. There's no way. <laughs> Not with a gun to their head. That's discouraging. I um, listen to it. <laughs> I know. I listen to it for eight hours a week. How does it editing. feel to be a slave? <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm going to go through a few of my spoilers, and I just sort of want your gut reaction of how horrific a spoiler it is for me to know. Okay. So, A, Moraine dies in book five. Eh, I mean, is- eh. It's not great, but it's not like, Because like, I don't know any of the details about what actually happens, so maybe if the lead-up to it and the actual unfolding of events is powerful enough, it won't even really matter that I knew it ahead of time, because I only know the basics, I don't know the details. 
if only because there's stuff that happens before that where you're like, okay, well, this doesn't matter because she's going to die in this book. Like, it can't have repercussions. I don't really think about stuff like that, so I don't think that's going to be an issue for me. Okay. I didn't think so, but... Yeah. Um, I think that might also be a problem with my level of engagement while I'm reading these books. I find Mm -hmm. my eyes glazing over a lot. Uh, But (laughs) every now and then, it comes alive for me. Whenever that happens, I usually just open Reddit or something instead of reading. Yeah, that's why it takes me a while to read these books sometimes. Another spoiler is that Perrin becomes the Lord Commander of the White Cloaks. Uh... Sounds like you got a fake spoiler. Fake spoilers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You said Perrin, right? Just yeah. making sure? Okay, yeah. It's a fake spoiler. <laughs> what? Is it Galad? Uh, Perrin does not become the Lord Captain Commander of the White Cloaks. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I know that Rand nukes an entire town with Banefire. Yeah, it's sick. <laughs> so you're not upset that I know that's coming. I mean, it's like seven books from now. <laughs> but I probably won't forget it. No, but it's also very sudden when it happens. He just like shows up, says this town no longer exists, and then leaves. It takes one chapter. But I'm trying to think of the other things that have been spoiled for me. I can spoil more things for you if you like. Um... maybe in a second um okay this is one that's been spoiled for me so heavily and from so many places i almost forgot it's a spoiler Mm -hmm. but rand's sister wives oh yeah like it's just such a meme and so many people talk about it all the time i forgot that i'm not even supposed to know about it yet yeah it I don't even know. I can't imagine the experience of reading some parts of books four and five without knowing that Rand and Avienda eventually end up together. It's like so. I I just I can't conceptualize what it would be like. Yeah. So maybe it's a good thing that I know it's coming. Yeah. But I mean, that is one thing that Robert Jordan has trouble with. I don't think any of his characters have chemistry with each other. Whoa. I mean, can you disagree? Uh, Rand and later Min work well together. Okay, thanks. I haven't read that, so. (laughs) Well, wait, but you knew that she was a sister wife. Yeah, I know, but I mean. You'll just have to trust me that like three books from now, there'll be at least one unassailably good relationship. Yeah, and I honestly hope that a lot of this stuff, that stuff with his sister wives and the interactions between genders gets tweaked for the adaptation. It is worthy of adaptation. Yeah. Um, I think that hopefully it will be. I think I've read some stuff about likely changes to that whole situation. Yeah, I've heard the idea that's going to be more of a polyamory situation than a polygamy situation. Which is totally supported already in the text, at least from what I remember. So, that would be preferable. Yeah. So, did you want to tell me a little bit about your experience with the audiobooks? Uh, Sure. Yeah, so I have been... 
going ahead and listening to those, um, they're just easier to get through at work than, you know, pulling out the phone and reading the ebook. Um, mm-hmm. And gosh, uh, some of those pronunciations make me a little hesitant because... Naive. Yeah, there's some stuff that I'd rather not compromise on, uh, <laughs> naive being one of them. But gosh, some of the line reads are really good. I don't know their names, sadly, uh, but the man has this like gravitas to his voice that's just fantastic uh, whenever he's reading anything important. And the woman has this. She the narrators are Michael Kramer and Kate Redding. Okay. Uh, well, then, Miss Redding, she, she does this thing when, like, a voice is described. Like, someone, she'll go from this very, like, prim and proper voice to a character is whining. And she'll do this huge, like, over-exaggerated whine. And it's hilarious like i have to try and not bust out laughing at work every time she does it you're selling me (laughs) uh i will say the only problem i have hit is that there are some parts where like i want to speed through because it's so like i'm enjoying what's happening and i want to get to the next thing faster but of course it's audio, so you can't just choose to read faster. You could listen faster. I know some people live their lives like that yeah. on the edge, but we I mean, can't, like you can't One thing that I notice myself doing with this series is if I see a paragraph that's like a page long with no dialogue tags, I'm like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I could probably read the first and last sentences of this paragraph and be fine. Skim, and if you see the words cloak or wall or slate, thatch. Just go ahead and move on with your life. Yeah, and I think that is one issue that might come up for me if I tried doing the audiobooks, is I might, like, look up and be like, wait, I've been listening for an hour and I don't remember anything that's happened. So it might not be great for me to try and do it as my medium for my first time through. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, it's mostly useful for me as a tool to, like, keep making progress, uh, as someone that has already read it and kind of just needs like a refresher on details. Um, mm. Cause there's a bunch of stuff that I remember in general, the moment in like, I had almost a complete memory of what happens in uh, Ruidion in book four. And then also at the start of book five, um, there's a scene that happens there that I like remembered perfectly. You know, there's the stuff at the start of book four with the girl and Kalendor that I just was like, that was one of the moments that stuck in my mind. I mean, it's just examples, but what I'm trying to get at is that, like, I mostly just need a refresher on the little stuff. I remember a lot of the bigger plot points and a lot of the way that, like, the world works. Mm-hmm. And you get the vibe from the audiobooks. Yeah, you get the feel of what's going on. One thing to loop back around to if you're okay yeah uh to loop back around to spoilers that i know beyond has gotten because i have given beyond every spoiler that they have okay so some of a bunch of these were given before i knew that they would be reading because you would talk about something i would remember something cool related to it that happens later and i would have to go tell someone and the only person to tell was beyond <laughs> 
Bion, Bion, this cool thing happened in a book series 20 years ago. You joke, but that's actually how every conversation went. Um, so, for example, there's a thing at the end of book six where it's like the first time that you talked about something related to it. I had to rush over to Bion and be like, okay, there's this part where this guy says this thing. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like you. Um... I'm trying to remember other stuff. I didn't give Beyond any late game spoilers. I think it was mostly just like overwhelmingly cool moments. Yeah, I don't really have late, late game spoilers, except for apparently there's a scene where Rand goes like cosmic Saiyan and holds the dark one in the palm of his hand. Uh, it gets pretty abstract at the end. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's not so much a spoiler. I feel like any series at a scale like this will have an ending of that sort. And maybe mm-hmm. that's because of Robert Jordan at this point. But Well, that was Sanderson. I mean, who knows oh, how much yeah, each one... Yeah. But I that mean, must have been based on Jordan's outlines. Yeah, I mean, there's no way to know what was like expanded upon from a note versus an actual section that Jordan wrote. Unless it's... I mean, there's some parts that are like super obvious where it's one style versus the other. Yeah, but in general, I mean... Although that is kind of interesting. Based on the three books that I finished, it seems like Robert Jordan created the Gynax ending. Um, I don't know if Gynax did their ending before... Now, wait, do you mean the Gynax ending where, like, you go to space? Or the Gynax ending where... <laughs> Everything falls apart. Both. Both. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and like, I think of a Gynax ending where, like, the scale just suddenly explodes and abstract things are happening that are, like, thematically resonant, but, like, you're not supposed to be, like, thinking about them in the most absolute literal sense. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't know if Gynax did their ending first. Well, but I mean, it is the very one similar. I'm thinking of is like Evangelion. Wasn't that like 99? Yeah, I haven't watched uh, Gunbuster, so I don't know if that one has a quote unquote Gynax ending. Yeah, I uh, think it does. I have a like a vision in my head of a character standing on a big old spaceship being one with the spaceship. So, so wait, you did get spoiled on the ending of Wheel of Time. That's the ending of Gunbuster. <laughs> I was just joking. I don't think any spaceships appear in the series. I think they are only referenced. So those are sort of the things that I wanted to touch on just to have a little interlude conversation while things are shaking themselves out. And we are going to be continuing the podcast. Yeah. I don't want us to be the stereotype of let's start a podcast and then gives up after five episodes. Yeah. So I want to stick with it. No, I totally agree. Um, if I can interject one last thing, and this is a great way to finish off. I think I almost die every time Baalzaman or Ishamael come up because I want so badly to tell Bion what's going on with those. I don't think it would register with Bion at all that it was 
cool or important. You're probably right. It barely registered to me when I finished Dragon Reborn. Oh my god. I was like, huh. Yeah, that plus the, like, first age is modern times thing were... Yeah, that was sort of passively spoiled for me, but wasn't a huge deal. Those are just the two things going forward that if you hear me, like, crying in the background when either of those two plot points come up, it's because I want so badly to tell Beyond, but you're almost certainly right. They just wouldn't care. So we just wanted to let everyone know we're still here and we still are interested and we love fantasy. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, we will absolutely be continuing. Um, until then, where can you find us? Uh, you can find us at our Twitter, which is at wheel reading, which we'll also have in the show notes. We appreciate all sorts of interaction, leaving us any kind of reviews, tweeting at us. We love hearing from anyone who listens to the show. It's really amazing to hear whenever anyone listens to us. It's yeah. pretty crazy. It beyond lit up when we got some feedback. So it's always great to see. Yeah. So hit us up and we're going to be, I think I'm going to be posting this this Friday. I think this is short enough that I can get this edited by then. And then, yeah, we'll be getting an update on the next actual episode soon. Yeah, sounds good. Um, All right. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, see you around.